burning questions. Insightful answers. Listener's choice. With Clemens Maniatella. So on our listener's choice feature this morning, we are discussing how music royalties are paid in South Africa. It's something that I've always wondered about. And there's a listener who has asked that we discuss this protest, uh, this process. Because we've got artists that write songs, we've got artists that are vocalists, etc., who are supposed to end through music royalties that are paid by the South African Music Rights Organization, also known as SAMRO. And, and these royalties must be paid to composers. They must be paid to authors, to publishers. So every time a song you worked on is used on any platform, you are owed a publishing royalty. So SAMRO collects those royalties from the various platforms, whether we're talking television or radio or foreign royalties, film. I mean, there's mobile and internet transmission as well. They collect those and they're supposed to pay to the artist. So I want us to find out more about how this process works. So if you've got questions on how to claim your royalties, uh, you can get in touch with us. Maybe you've applied for royalties. How was that process for you? Right? Musicians often voice their concerns about being shortchanged in the royalty distribution process. So we've invited Samro to come and take some of your questions and clarify some of these issues. Annabelle Liberte is the CEO at the Southern African Music Rights Organization and joins us on the line. Annabelle, thank you so much for making time for us. Good morning. Pleasure. Good morning, Clement, and good morning to your listeners. Maybe let's just start off with the responsibilities that you have as SAMRO. What's your mandate? Okay. Um, Clement, we are a member-based organization, and our members represent composer, authors, and publishers. Uh, we are given the, the mandate by our members through um, what is called a deed of assignment to represent them in every aspect of the, the work that they have. So this is in the musical work. So then t- they would then tell us, um, I've written a song and it is either I own 100% of that song or I've co-written the song with other composers and they would indicate what the share splits in that particular musical work is. And so we would then collect money on their behalf across multiple, multiple music users um, and pay them uh, accordingly. In in summary, that's that's who we are. Ah, okay. I see. Uh, I'm going to ask you to please speak a little bit louder, Annabelle, or closer to to the phone because we're hearing you from from afar. Okay. Okay, So who who then can apply for, for the music royalties? Do I need to be a composer? Do I need to have my vocalists in there? Do I need to own the song? How does it work? Yeah, so you definitely need to own the song. I hope I'm a bit more audible. Much so better, you yeah. Apply for, yeah. You apply for membership from Sambro. That's your point of entry into the organization. And once your work starts earning, so once Radio 702 or any other platform that uses musical works starts then to play that musical work, we would then get from the user of that music uh, details around when the music was used, for what duration the music was used, and then they would then pay us the royalty. So once we license the music user, so we license a broadcaster like 702, uh, we set a particular tariff for for, uh, 702, and 702 would give us, um, let me just colloquially say, a playlist. Mm -hmm. Over the period of this month, this is the number of uh, musical works that we used, and we would, from the information that is presented by 702, be able to articulate whether any of that music belongs to one of our members 
and we would then the chain of processing that royalty um, would then ensue. But you have to be a member who does have musical works. That's the first point. And your musical works must be in rotation. So it doesn't help for me to have written a musical work and it's not played by anybody, but I'm a member of Sambro. So that there has to be rotation of that musical works, which then derives the commercial value mm. because it's played. Yeah. Okay. And how do you then, as Sambro, know that, you know, 702 played that particular song three times, you know, in, in the last right. couple of days? You know, how do you know for right. sure that, and, and if 702 gives you the stats of how many times I've played it, how do you verify that? Because I could argue I played that song once when, when I've played it several right. more times. Right. right, right. So we've got, um, one, we rely on the, the, music, uh, the music user to provide accurate information. With a musical, music user does not then provide accurate information. 702 doesn't provide accurate information. We also have um, additional verification uh, platforms or partners that support us. Um, in getting that information. So, for example, uh, we get information from 702, right? But one of our members will say, well, I know for a fact that my music was played more times on 702 because I've gone to a particular service provider in the industry and they've given me a report of where my music was played. So we would then compare that with what we have received, but also go back to 702 and just verify that in actual fact, the secondary level of information that we've acquired does actually correlate with, with their playlist. And I'm going to literally colloquially use playlists throughout this conversation. So that would be the checks and balances that, that we would then have. Um, it's slightly different with, with broadcasters, and I know that there's uh, multiple technologies that exist around music monitoring specifically. We would then uh, engage with the, with the broadcaster and get the cue sheets from the broadcaster in relation to you know, it's either a musical work that was played for an advert or musical work that was played in uh, a particular soapy or telenovela, um, a particular music work that was played as part of a campaign, you know, um, in intro music or background music. So we would get all the detail from, um, from the music user. The act does place an owner's or responsibility on the music user who we've licensed. So the way that Samra would then engage with the musical music user who is a broadcaster, a 702, for example, is that the, the onus is on the user to provide mm. some with the respective information. But we know that in most instances we don't get that, and therefore it's important that the secondary layer of um, verification and acquiring additional information then supports our ability to correctly match and to then pay out royalties. In general, how much are we talking here? So if it's, for instance, and you can give us examples on various platforms, I don't know if the song is used on a film or it's used on a radio station, uh, television, um, how, how is it calculated? Um, is that a price? Is that an amount that's, that's already been set? Um, it, it varies, Clement, from... Um across different music users and it's also related to the license agreement that Samra has then with the music users. So there's no uh, flat rate, you know, for, for if Annabelle's music is played on 702 for three seconds, then that flat rate applies across all different music users. The, what, what does differentiate what the flat rate would then be is obviously informed by the tariff. So, for example, a tariff that a broadcaster, a TV broadcaster would have is very different to a tariff that a, a radio broadcaster would have. A tariff that a, an online um, uh, 
digital service provider would have is different to a, a live event tariff where music is performed at a festival or a concert. So those, those tariffs then uh, assist us to know which, which applicable rate is then charged in terms of what the royalty calculation would then be. Oh, okay, I see. So there are some artists that have often complained about not getting paid their royalties in years. How, uh, how does it happen that some artists are not paid? Is it because they've not registered the music or they're not registered with Samro? And, and how are you addressing and, and rectifying that? Right, right. Clement, I think it's a, um, a multitude of issues that's, that speak to, to payment of royalties. But first and foremost, our responsibility is to collect on behalf of our members, to license music users, collect um, license fees, and then distribute the, the license fees in the form of royalties. Where members have, and rightly so, um, held us to account for failing in fulfilling that particular mandate, it might be, let me use the example that I mentioned a bit earlier on with a, a member saying, but the information that you got from 702 is inaccurate. I've got the secondary source of information and therefore I need you to, to adjust to represent the, the correct information. And we would then do what is called um, uh, a royalty adjustment, which is after any one of our distributions. We, we do note uh, that there are... Uh, concerns that members have brought to our attention regarding the calculations, regarding um, music that was utilized, that hasn't been accounted for. Um, in some instances, members will alert us to the fact that I know, for example, that my music was used at this particular festival, that festival might not have been licensed, that the festival might have been licensed and not given us the correct information. So we would also pursue those particular music users on our members' behalf to collect what is uh, correct for members. In some instances, uh, so that, that's a sort of on the, on the base level, right? Where members have, have correctly uh, brought to our attention that we, we would not have paid them accurately. Uh, we engage with our members, they raise queries with us. We engage with our members to make sure that the information that we have um, is supported uh, by the claim and that we would then process that particular claim in agreement with our records and the records of the music user. Uh-huh. So the, the, the variations in uh, the points where we have erred in terms of a system point and a calculation point, we would make those necessary adjustments. In some instances, it's uh, correct data that, that we might have that is not supporting what the members have. We would then engage with the members around uh, accessing the correct information and making the necessary adjustments. In some instances, it's um, music users just uh, deliberately, uh, vehemently refusing to be licensed. You know, So we can only chase you once you're licensed. And we would then encourage all music users to be licensed because they are using somebody else's uh, property, which, is, uh, which belongs to the copyright holder. Mm. And I remember there was a time when there was, I think it was over 20 million rand in unclaimed royalties. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Because, I mean, there are people that could be claiming this money, but, but it's not being claimed. Yes. So let me give you an example of um, the previous financial year. We were able to clear uh, in the region of 25 million rand in unclaimed royalties. Mm-hmm. And unclaimed royalties, there's two aspects to it. There's, there's a portion of when we collect from a broadcaster from a 702, right, that money then sits in, is allocated accordingly to the, um, uh, the specific item that it speaks to. So is it, a broad, is it TV, is it radio, is it mobile, is it live, right? So we would then allocate it according to the stream of revenue that we've collected from. 
In some instances, one from a member side, we might not have accurate information. So Annabelle is a member, Annabelle is earning money, Annabelle changes bank accounts, right? So I've moved from bank A to bank B, but then I forget to notify or change my member details with Sambro. So Sambro can't even pay Annabelle because that money is uh, it's rejected by the bank. Annabelle no longer has that bank. So we would hold that money for the men and encourage all our members and we do that regularly. Please make sure that your, your details are up to date, you know. And we, we know the instances of um, uh, fraud in terms of banking details, you know, that exist generally. So we always say to them, your details do change. Please take it upon yourself to notify that my bank details have changed. We hold that money in, in a sense in, in a suspense account for you because we know that it belongs to you. Once your details are up to date, we then pay it. So that's the, that's the one uh, side of unclaimed royalties. The second portion of unclaimed royalties, which has been a, a strategic area of, of concern, not only because it places a risk on the organization from a liability point, but because it's money that we know needs to be paid out, is uh, then what is sitting in undocumented works. In summary, undocumented works is when you've got, uh, we collect money from, from, the, from 702, right? And 702 says to us, these are all the, the, the amounts of music I played over a period, and we know that this music belongs to XYZ. In some instances, there is no, uh, we haven't been notified by, as some role by our members of, uh, I wrote a song with Clement. This is Clement's share, this is Annabelle's share, therefore, uh, and this is called notification. So when we don't have detail around notification of ownership of the song, yes, we receive money from the music users, but we can't pay that money out because we don't have the detail as to who owns that song? So we then again hold that money in, in, in a suspense account and we, we make available this list, this long list of songs where we say to our members, this is a list of, for want of a better example, 100 songs. Please tell us which one belongs to you. But when you do tell us which song belongs to you from that list, right, you have to then provide proof that it actually does belong to you. So I can't just go into the list as a member, access this list, and then start claiming all 100 titles as if they belong to me. Mm. So I need to then provide a proof of claim, a proof of copyright, sorry, a proof of copyright to validate the claim that it actually does belong to the rights holders who claim that mm. that song belongs to them. So this is the, the pot of money that we sit in with that is then uh, called undocumented. As I said, Clement, it's a uh, an area that has been of concern not only for members but also for the organization because as you can imagine that sits in our balance sheet as a liability and we don't own that money it doesn't belong to Sambro and we want to pay that money out so mm-hmm. we would obviously dedicated resources to work with our members publishers composer authors to identify particular works we make sure that we you know we share this list regularly and we advise members please make sure that from a notification point this is the the base information is correct and accurate so that we can then correctly pay. Um, so that, that, those would be the, the two parts in a sense of what is money that we can't pay out because we don't have correct information or money that we can't pay out because we don't know the details of the rights holders mm-hmm. who own that particular musical work. Okay. It's 23 after 11 o'clock. We are going to take some calls and some WhatsApps as well. 011. Eight eight three zero seven zero two. We're discussing music royalties and how they are paid on our listeners' choice feature this morning. If you want to share some experience, perhaps you're a composer, you're an artist, you've had some frustrations or some successes, um, and a good story to share with us. 
or maybe you've got some questions to ask about this process of paying out music royalties. Burning questions. Insightful answers. Listener's choice. With Clemens Maniatella. 27 after 11 o'clock. Let's go straight to your WhatsApps. We are discussing music royalties and how they are paid in South Africa. Your questions and your input. Hi, Clement. Clement, I wanted to ask how do they recoup the money that we are, uh, that is due to them from Spotify? And then how do they check how many times that song was played and how much do we contribute per song? Thank you. Ronald from Johannesburg. Hi, Clement. I've got a question for your guest. Great topic, by the way. Um, what constitutes uh, a proof of copyright when it comes to a song? She did say that um, when an artist or be it a writer, producer, makes claim to a particular song that uh, lacks the information, the copyright information, they would then need to submit proof of copyright. So how do I prove that I own a particular piece of music? Wonderful questions. Thank you. Uh, Annabelle? Hi, Clement. Uh, thanks to the, to the listeners for the questions. Um, so just the first one in relation to, to Spotify. So we would obviously license um, digital service platforms like Spotify, Amazon, etc. And again, based on the, uh, the tariff that we've agreed to with, with a particular DSP, that when they pay us for the music usage, they would indicate... Uh, Annabelle song played again this number of times, mm-hmm. this number of seconds. But let's also, I think it's important for viewers to bear in mind that uh, whatever we're able to recoup from a, a Spotify or any similar um, DSP is also dependent on their revenue. And that revenue is subscription-based in some instances. So whether or not that that um, song would have played either from a, a, what is a premium, so this is a free premium where you just listen to music without paying, or from a premium, so that would also be a distinction in uh, the subscription basis of those two particular uh, sub-platforms, if I, can, if I can call them that. Okay. But uh, the DSPs would give us um, information as it relates to our catalogue. So when we engage with DSPs or any music user, uh, like a DSP, we would say, this is our catalogue which we represent, which belongs to our members. So they would only report on that catalogue that speaks to some role members. But mm. in addition to that, remember, we've also got what are called bilateral agreements with sister societies across the world. In that, sister societies in the UK or wherever they might be, uh, when we sign these agreements, we are asking them to collect on behalf of our members in their respective jurisdictions. And the same would apply okay. when we collect for any other society and send that money back. So there's always a back and forth in terms of um, usage played in other jurisdictions and yeah. the money's collected. Okay. Um, and that's it. And the other question and around... And the yeah. one was, mm-hmm. was, was proof of copyright. So, so when, when you go into a studio and write a song, right, there's two of us in the studio, we have to agree on what the share split is, right? So we say we've written Valentine's Day, I love you. Uh, Annabelle wrote uh, it's, it's shared in this way. It's 50-50 or it's 20-20, uh, whatever the, the, the split is. And, and artists must also bear in mind that there's also the publisher component of that copyright ownership, right? Because you've assigned the publisher to also commercialize the value that you've written in the song. So then we know that the composer author sits at 50%, the publisher sits at 50%. 
So there would need to be, the, the, the proof of copyright must be co-signed by the owners of that song. So you can't come and say, I've written the song and it's owned 100% by me, but you acknowledge that there's somebody else. But what mm. we would also then do, because we've got access to this repertoire and this catalog of, okay. of uh, composers, we would also validate and verify um, yeah. in that respect. All right, I'm, I'm out of time, Annabelle, but I want to quickly put these two questions, if you can, and just ask, oh. answer as quick as possible. Someone is asking... Um, when you collect, um, you know, from a broadcaster or any platform, what percentage goes to Samro, um, and then what percentage goes to the artist or the composer? Okay, so very, very quickly, uh, I'll relate it to, to our CTI. So we've always said that for every brand that we collect, right, when we talk about CTI, is at the moment it's sitting at 25%. So when we collect one rand, we take 25%, 25 cents of that one rand, and we give you the 75 cents. That as, as basic okay. as, as simple as I can I can explain it. And when the song is played in a club, um, played by the DJ, or yeah. it's played in a store, um, is, right. is that yeah? Does that count as well? The same the same principle applies. The same principle would apply in terms of what goes to the artist and what goes to to Samra for operating okay. expenses. But in addition, there's a portion of that uh, twenty five cents that we then allocate towards uh, the benefit culture and All social right. allocations, which is for uh, retirement annuity fund and for funeral benefit, which we contribute. It doesn't yeah. come from the members, it comes yeah. from Sambra. Annabelle Liberte, thank you so much. CEO of the South African Music Rights Organization.